Hello there, listeners, and welcome to the Empire League Dynasty Podcast. With yours truly running the show and hosting the show tonight, the general manager of the DFF, coming to you all the way from Lakes Entrance. And what a show we've got for you tonight, listeners. The second last pod before the real stuff kicks off. And a bit of a reverse roll pod tonight. Me and my counterparts dissecting the three original podcast host teams. Buckle up for the next hour, ladies and gentlemen. So let me kick this off by introducing my counterpart. And this man needs no introduction, but it would be disrespectful to give him no introduction. One of the all-time greats and last season's champion, the general manager of the Prestige Worldwide. Welcome to you, Thais. How are you? You enjoying the first day of spring? Always and forever, Thais. <laughs> How are How's you, mate? Bonnie? Good, mate. How's Bonnie Doon treating you? Bonnie Doon's going well. Bonnie Doon's <laughs> going well. That's up in Mansfield way, mate. I'm, uh, I'm far, far east Gippsland. Had me fooled. <laughs> so, uh, should we introduce our next counterpart, Thais? Only if he's got one of these. I'll oh, see. We'll see. We'll wait and see. And this next man, he can talk the talk. He loves he loves to talk. But boy, oh boy, wow, we can he walk the walk. Welcome to the pod, the inaugural Dynasty League champion, Jake Pandis. Thanks for joining us on sh- such short notice, mate. How are you? I'm are you doing... enjoying the first day of spring, mate? <laughs> The first day of spring's been great. Ah, that was excellent. I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. You look, you look refreshed. Refreshed? Yeah, you've had a big off-season. Where have you been? I've had a big off-season. I spent most of it away from you, which is why I don't have the stress. <laughs> the first thing you told me tonight is you, you miss me. I do. I do miss you. I want you to hang out. Well, Let's hang out. Yeah, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we've got just absolutely elite uh, podcast chemistry, the three of us. Never prepared. <laughs> Look at us go back and forth, just bouncing around. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we could make a uh, a theme of this. Do you want to make our own podcast every week? Absolutely. We'll call it Two Rings at a Dynasty Football Factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. They, did they just copy my ring for your ring? Did you get an original one? They just copied my, me. I think they copied it pretty much, but just added a bit more bling on it. Obviously, it was uh, year two, so probably more important than year one. But uh, no, no, only you and I have one of these, mate. So uh, kiss the ring for the next hour, everyone else listening. <laughs> Can I see your ring, Jake? No? Nah. <laughs> you didn't bring it out tonight? What? You didn't bring... Oh, no, it's there. It's there. I didn't know you were wearing it. I was going to the camera. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it, was, uh, it was on Thais before. Sorry. <laughs> All right, boys. I'm going to... In the words of Benjamin Parker, I'm going to straighten this up here because we've got an action-packed hour to get through with news, lots of team breakdowns. But before I do, just wanted to give a big shout-out to all of our listeners worldwide and all of our female listeners worldwide as well. <laughs> Including uh, the new Mrs. Brody Hoddick. Big Ooh. listener. Welcome, Mrs. Hoddick. Uh, <laughs> just make sure when you're shenanigans with Mr. Hoddick that he stays away from those blue peanut MMs. 
Not after midnight. <laughs> yeah. And just apologies, because if I hadn't known that females were listening to this podcast, I wouldn't have openly discussed my lack of morning glories for the last 10 years. So uh, if there are any of you out there, I think Manny's mum might be the only other female listening to the pod. What's apologies, the song in SEM What's the story, morning glory? We don't even need sound grabs. We've got them all right here. Is this you straightening <laughs> us up? <laughs> all right. Now, if there was only someone out there with a soundboard that could play a bit of a news intro. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. If you're getting really good for those buttons. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we'll kick off with Scoot's favourite segment. Uh, I think the first and biggest news point for the week has probably been what happened with Brian Robinson, the running back from the Washington Commanders, as we call them these days. Uh, might just do a quick whip around. Uh, what are your thoughts on everything that's gone down? Um, I think maybe first off with the shooting in general and then secondly, um, kind of what it means for Tim with Brian Robinson and then Camo, Legislative Larry with Antonio Gibson. You can kick us off, Seth. Well, obviously a very unfortunate event. Uh, what was it? I didn't, I didn't actually read too much into it, but it, from my understanding, he was held up in a, uh, a um, robbery and he, you know, got a couple of shots to shot wounds to the leg. Is that, is that accurate, Thais? That is accurate. I think he took one in the glute and the other one in his leg. And I think the biggest thing that shocked me is quite a dangerous area in Washington, D.C. And it happens in daylight. It was just before 6 o'clock p.m. Um, so, yeah, very, very unfortunate and, and good to see that um, there's some optimism that he might even be able to return for the season. So I know Tim's very bullish on his team, so he might be able to make a charge in the playoffs. What are your thoughts, Pantis? I think it's literally one of the most wild stories I have ever heard in a, like, a sporting landscape. Like obviously, there's, there's been sort of tragedy and, and uh, unfortunate circumstance, but I can't think of like genuinely OJ Simpson last time something this wild happened to an NFL player. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty full on. Yeah, and I think um, Ben a few weeks ago on the pod talked about the uh, – the running back jinx down at the Prestige Worldwide. Well, can we safely say that Antonio Gibson's the one exception? I mean, he was the backup when he got drafted as a rookie. And then Darius Geis basically got booted off the team after um, that alleged rape allegation. And now you've got it happening again, falling down the depth chart, returning punts. And then all of a sudden his uh, competition for that running back line spot gets shot in the legs. So a few rumours on uh, the Twitter, the bird app, around uh, maybe some passionate Antonio Gibson fantasy owners having something to do with it. So all eyes on you, Leisure Suit. Can you imagine <laughs> that that like, theory was accurate? <laughs> yeah, is there, is there any uh, time frame for his, uh, when are they thinking he should be able to return? Is it this year, Thais? Is it 2023? Uh, all I've heard is they're playing it pretty close to the chest that it's um, non-life-threatening and that there's some optimism that he might be able to um, return at some point during the season. But I wouldn't have um, thought he'd be running around anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what it means for that backfield and if they do anything else, given roster cuts and free agent moves. So definitely one to watch. Didn't, uh, sure. didn't come over yep. this? 
I think you may have. Um, yeah, preseason hasn't been great, but as I think we kicked off the show with, if uh, things are looking good, you can talk it up. But if they're not, you just simply say it's preseason week one. So I'm certainly not worried yet. We'll uh, see what happens come week one. I just figure with all backfields really in the NFL, they can come out at the start of the season and predict who's going to be starting, what percentage, etc. But I think the cream will rise to the top and he's still definitely the number one running back at that that team. I can't even think what they're called nowadays. All right, mate. We didn't ask you a life story. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Now, moving on to other news. I think the next news item that I want to talk about today was Jimmy Garoppolo. There's been lots of conversation on this podcast around where Jimmy G is going to end up and, you know, people have come on and given their two cents. And I don't think many people predicted um, that he would have ended up at San Fran um, the way he has in terms of his, um, you know, salary going down and basically being the backup to Trey Lance. So um, what are your thoughts on that one, boys? I think... There you go. I was just going to say, as as the... uh... As the owner of both, I've been uh, watching this one quite cl- closely over Twitter the last you know month or so. And uh, look, I, I honestly thought Jimmy G was either going to get traded or released, and probably end up at either like a Seattle or a Cleveland or maybe a Tampa, and just sit sit on the bench for a while. But you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan's obviously see some value in him still, and you know, if in in the event of Trey Lance, you know, not doing very well or um, getting injured, uh, they've got they've got a proven starter there in uh, in Jimmy, Jimmy G. But then again, I've been also reading, and his um, no trade clause isn't all that. So he he, he actually may be dealt soon. Who knows? Yeah, I'm still. Uh, I think I said this on my pod um, that I, I think that he starts the season. Uh, on the 49ers roster and then somewhere down the line if a QB around the league gets injured he then becomes a far more valuable commodity and then gets shifted rather than at this point of the year everyone's kind of locked and loaded they're not going to give up any capital whatsoever for a quarterback an aged quarterback relatively older um, that they can yeah, need to worry about so I think that at some point in the first sort of four or five weeks he might have an opportunity based on other circumstance but He's not doing. He's not competing for that role at the moment. No, I think that's exactly right, and I probably share the same thoughts. And I think what I've probably taken out of it is <clears throat> the way that the Niners have played it is there's just no way that they wanted to keep him. Like the, the fact is that they just had zero interest in him because I think quarterbacks have been pretty healthy um, throughout the offseason. So I think that's exactly right. You know, four or five weeks in, if someone actually needs someone, they'll, they'll swing him for sure. Um, better than kind of take him into next offseason for nothing. So watching the DFF quarterback room. So I thought now what we do before we dive into the team reviews is we're going to do a rapid fire roster cuts. So I'm going to reel off some fantasy relevant names that have been cut from rosters in the last 48 hours. I'm just going to quickly ask you boys what your thoughts are in general. And I'll kick off with the weed man, Josh Gordon. He's no good anyway. He's not he hasn't been fantasy relevant, I don't think, for a while. And he was probably going to do fuck all again. So, pass. 
Yeah, exactly Lincoln right. Jake. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, he used to be a star, but obviously he's had his off-field issues and I think that time's passed for him. I still think the star tag is um, very, he's very lucky to carry that. I think it was a flash in the pan. Like he really had a stretch of maybe eight or nine weeks, really, where he was any good. And then beyond that, he did fuck all. <laughs> now he would have loved that move. Barry, the ultra weed hater. <laughs> all right, moving on. Jake, OJ Howard. Oh, fucking potato. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. No, he, um, he, he was a very loyal servant of the uh, OJ's legal team. Obviously carried the name and now we no longer have anyone on the roster called OJ. So um, I'm really, really hoping that OJ Mayo maybe transitions from the uh, yeah. NBA. But, yeah, no. Um, I think OJ Mayo retired from the NBA about 15 years ago. He can transition out of offensive line. He's blowout, prone to a blowout. It's just a legal team now until you find a replacement. That's right. Uh, next one I've got here is Kellen Mond. You've seen oh. uh, Scoot, Scoot rubbing it in the group chat a little bit. Talks a lot, given he's uh, a lottery <laughs> contender again. Well, yeah, Kimos is obviously, uh, you know, gone all out and get Callum Mond by who did he trade again? The uh, running back from San Fran, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. So, it was, you know, in hindsight, it was a uh, <laughs> not a such a great trade for Kimos, but you know, like he said, Scoot's got one of the worst rosters in the league, so. You know, you win some, you lose some, don't you, Thais? Honestly, that cut and this news is only relevant. The only people in the whole world it's relevant to is is Timos because he's the only guy ever that owned him in any dynasty <laughs> who's never getting a game. That's exactly right. And speaking of irrelevant players that no one owns in dynasty anymore, let's. I've got something here on the Prince Philip Lindsay, who was cut by the Colts yesterday. <laughs> Now that the dust has settled on the 2022 draft, I'd just like to quickly revisit how that trade panned out after the fact. So for everyone that's not across this trade, Keeney and Jim traded with Philip Lindsay twice, and here's how it broke down. So in trade number one, Keeney picked up Jim's 22nd first, which ended up being Chris Alave at the 106. Jim received Philip Lindsay. And then the second trade, Keeney received Philip Lindsay back and a 2023 second from Jim, which is probably looking like a mid-round pick next year in a pretty strong draft. Jim picked Pappas 22 second at 2.08, Jahan Dotson, who Scoot picked up. So basically how that trade washes out is Philip Lindsay obviously cancels himself out. So Keeney, Chris Alave, and a 2023 mid-round, Jim, Jahan Dotson. Jim, mate, this is why I tell you to run trades by me before you do them, including the Presty one in two-minute drillers the other day, son. Be better. Sonny Michelle, I think he'll find another team and be fine. Um, Marlon Mack, mate, Manny is hanging on to this bloke like what, BFF? Uh, no idea. <laughs> we rehearsed this. <laughs> Jake. <laughs> Who is Manny hanging on to Marlon Macklock? He didn't rehearse it with me. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're ringings. All right, Duke Johnson watch. Any thoughts on Duke Johnson watch? Cut by the Bills. Duke nice. dead. Ben, ben Parker could have had Cole Beasley. But he... <laughs> 
also doesn't have a team. Uh, I've got here Tyler Johnson and Anthony Schwartz. That's just a shout-out. Tough day for the Grouse's scouting department. Also a tough day for Jake's elite third-round talent with Ian Book and Tyler Beatty um, being a surprise cut from the Baltimore Ravens. We've got True six months on, six months off. Timos picking up Anthony McFarlane the other day. Got cut the next day, so... See you in six months, Timos. Great pick up, Timos. Yeah. <laughs> and today, I think the notable one was Jalen Rager uh, with the irony of him being traded to um, the team Minnesota. that celebrated the pick. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that as an Eagles fan, mate? Oh, look, we had a we have a plethora of wide receivers now. So, look, it, was a, uh, it wasn't going to get a look in at the Eagles. So, yeah. Yeah, he gets another opportunity at the Minnesota Vikings. Whether whether they actually give him an opportunity or not, will will be seen. Jake, as another tragic NFC North fan, is it safe to say that Jalen Rieger would probably be both our wide receiver ones, or at least wide receiver two? <laughs> uh, he's definitely our wide receiver two. I don't know who's better than him, but <laughs> yeah. might be our wide receiver one. <laughs> he wouldn't be far off it. No, you never know. Boobs oh. and. Uh, uh, Watson, you never know what they could be. But your true number one is, is trash. Lazard is not number one anything. He's not. He's not. Not at all. Now, that's all I had on the news front. We could go on for hours and um, tickle Scoot's itch. But uh, anything from you guys on the news front before we dive into the team reviews? No, nah, it's uh, Scoot's favourite segment for a reason. It certainly <laughs> is. Thanks, Scoot. Heck. All right. We will move on to the team reviews now. So, DFF, would you like to kick off the review for the Hum Dingers? Oh, sure would. Are we uh, are we introducing any of these yet, or are we uh, are we holding off for that, Thais? I think we certainly are. But I think before we do, just like we rehearsed, um, maybe if we play Brody's entry song, then we can introduce him onto the pod. Sure. Hey, Onik, welcome to the sh- welcome to the show. How are you? Absolutely fantastic, boy. <laughs> that, what what was that? That's that's the introduction song for all you three boys, the well, original podcast hosts. Do you want to? <laughs> oh, I think we're going to get back in the seat real quick, just quietly. Um, but what? Ratings are through the roof, Onik. <laughs> If you're going to play an intro for all three of us, why don't you introduce us all? Or are we going straight into team reviews? Because we would love to review your first 20 minutes. That would be a great start to the pod. <laughs> well, welcome, Chris. Welcome, Ben. Welcome, Brody. Thank you. Uh, thanks, talk? gents. Wasn't, wasn't the natural conversation at the start of this podcast just flowing, gentlemen? It was... It was almost as rehearsed as uh, Papa's little stand-up routine from a few weeks ago when I tell you what, uh, it is good to have Thais, uh, the DFF, and of course, the inaugural champ on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just lastly, while we're on the DFF, 
DFF, mate. It's a podcast. No one can see Jake's ring and get it off speaker view. If you want to see it, get it on gallery view. But it's a podcast, mate. They can't see his ring either. So Katie, don't worry about it. You've had the same takeaway as me. I reckon if we recap, there is a good 45 seconds to a minute of show and tell going on in this podcast. Boys, it is an audio medium. People can't see the fucking rings on the screen. You've got to talk them through what's going on. Spoken like someone without a ring, right, Jake? I agree. Correct. I, I did Correct. like it was a very natural conversation I felt at the start of this podcast too. It uh, it was a little bit like uh, I, I got the feel that it was like Eddie Maguire kicking off the footy show. You know, what a big <laughs> week it has been, boys. Very well rehearsed, boys. Are you, ben, are you are talking you gonna... uh, the Empire League dynasty? <laughs> <laughs> It is the inaugural league, you're right. Hey, Hottie, are you going to ask about the intro song and what, uh, and what yeah. the meaning behind it was? Hey, does it apply yeah, we'll... to us as well? Yeah, it applies to all of you three. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. Well, with that amazing lead-in, <laughs> what is the song? We'll change the word in that song from one yeah. to season. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not as catchy, is it? Yeah, gets an extra syllable. Oh, you three! Another season bites the dust. I thought you could have gone down the Queen Avenue, but uh, you've bypassed that, so that's fine. Interesting. Right. Very. Um, I'm. I'm still interested by, you know, Matt and Jake can look at each other's rings, but what ring are the boys looking at of yours? We've got a plethora, us three. <laughs> you have a plethora of rings. Wow. I've listened to all 12 of us on the podcast over the last couple of months, and I can say you're the only bloke that says plethora, and you say a plethora of times. <laughs> what I, I know you've talked about the visuals of this podcast for all the listeners, which has been cut down by 25% just quietly, but if Dang. we can paint a picture, the, the shooting scene for Brian Robinson has to be in Steph's hotel room, wherever the hell he is, because... <laughs> Looks like a cabin out of a horror scene. <laughs> he's, in, he's in solitary confinement. <laughs> Looks like he's in witness protection. Mate, Speaking of this, the... Is the, this is my lovely accommodation at the Coastal Waters Motor Inn and Lakes Entrance. Thank you, Hoddick. It does... You know what else this is? It's your podcast. It's Straighten Us Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that means keep going. All right. Bias. <laughs> Should we, kick it off? should we kick it off with the uh, the review of the dingers? Yes, we should. Have you guys written this whole fucking thing down? <laughs> it seems like it. And by the way, Sony Michelle's got a team already, but kick on. Yep. <laughs> anyway, Hottie. Yeah. And gone. <laughs> yeah, very good, mate. Let's review your last couple of years. Righto. <laughs> Get the 2020 out. with a record of seven and six, just middle of the middle of the row kind of uh, kind of performance there. Hit into 2021, one and thirteen. So if we can reflect on some key losses in your career, <laughs> what stacks up worse? The time I beat you in pitch and putt, or last year's performance in this league? Oh, look. Honesty is important on this podcast, and the pitch and putt one—it it is one of the 
one of the lowest moments in my life for sure. Um, definitely got out of there quicker than any time I've ever been. Uh, and you boys bring it up quite regularly. And I'm guessing Thais has got something to add here. No, Tomo is... asked me to ask you. He said he wouldn't come on the pod unless I asked you about pitch and butt. <laughs> Who's this? Camo. Oh, Camo. I thought you said that. Yeah, Thais, go on. Is that the time you rode your bike home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't didn't deal with it the best. But, um, no, if you want me to touch on the, the seasons, because uh, that's what we're here for. Yeah. I know, I know the, the listeners will be a bit confused because this is a comedy podcast, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing. But, um, yeah, seven and six was middle of the road, I suppose. It got me into the playoffs uh, just. Yeah. Uh, I believe one of the – did you have the same record, Jake, and then took the title? In you won. Seven and six, yeah. Yeah, so not all that shabby, Stefan. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously made some decisions that I wasn't up the top echelon and blew the team up. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's let's look at some uh, some notable some notable stars hotting for you. Sorry, Jake, how could we uh, – you <laughs> want to say that? I just wanted to ask you, this is our opportunity, obviously, to ask all the same questions that we got asked. So I want to understand a little bit about that, you know, season one going into season two. You made yeah. it, you blow it up. Was that something that uh, you were doing regardless or was that something that you decided when you sort of saw the end of season results? Uh, no, definitely. definitely wasn't a plan to go into year one and have a crack and then blow it up. Um, that was just, yeah sort of having a look at where everyone sat after year one, what the teams looked like. And I just knew I did not have a chance the next season. So sort of got in first on blowing it up. And I, I saw some pros in doing so uh, before any other team. Yeah, because obviously the massive trade you made with the CMC, uh, Diggs, your inaugural pick, and I think maybe you're, third or fourth round pick in, in digs as well is a massive, massive move to make. And, and, sorry, was it Julio Jones? So you gave away Julio. and got digs, which uh, in hindsight has turned out to be uh, the perfect time to get rid of Julio as well. So it's probably the right call in, you know, looking 12, 12 months on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the CMC one, I think, you know, you could still trade him for a bucket load now, but it was definitely the Julio one to package him in was pretty important for my list at the time. Um, and yeah, I, I don't have the net net, but I'm pretty sure it's come out pretty positive um, mm. with Diggs as well, and, and all the trading of capital. So, yeah, hundred percent. All right, Hodick, let's let's next go into the notable stars for your roster going into 2023. Are there any? Yeah, look, I've seen. Look, I've, I've done a bit of a synopsis this afternoon when I'm hit, hit the uh, the cabin. So. Dak and Deshaun, uh, looks like a pretty good quarterback room for you there. When uh, when he's back in week 11, should be a high-performing duo. And nice, you've then got a nice little uh, a starter in Wentz. Hopefully he can find some uh, some Philly form. Um, and you'll, you'll have a, a third uh, starter if he can get back to that form he was uh, when he was MVP favourite. 
Um, also, your wide receiver room with uh, Judy Gallup-Hardman, it's not, not too bad. Um, and, a, and maybe a deep sleeper there in Porsche, I think, from uh, Baltimore. Um, but a really thin running back room. Is that, is that a pretty fair synopsis? Broom, broom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I, uh... <laughs> Can we just revisit? Who is Porsche Prochet? <laughs> <laughs> Give us the synopsis. <laughs> shit. Um, look, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say there's um, too much going on in that wide receiver room with all due respect to the boys, but uh, I like Judy. I think he, with Russ there, can climb into one of the higher tiers. Um, I obviously like Traylon Burks, taking him with the fourth overall pick and the first wide receiver. Hasn't been an ideal start. We, we must be honest with ourselves here, but... Um, <coughs> I like what he can become and the sort of athlete that he is. Uh, but outside of that, I don't think there's too many. I'm, I'm pretty high on George Pickens, but like like a lot of my players, they're young and this year will be a pretty important one to build their asset value by this time next year. Yeah, I think that your, um, your taxi squad is probably one of the best taxi squads going around. I know it's not something necessarily to brag about it was going to win you any games, but every single one of it at the moment is either won their job in camp or is pretty much the hype train within their team you know, like of the rookies in camp. We haven't really missed Tolbert, uh, Wondell Robinson, Damian Pierce, Traylon Burks and Pickens. Maybe sort of a little bit harsh on Burks being such a high draft pick and, and maybe not doing quite as well, but those other four in particular are pretty much winning out all reports. Absolutely. It, it has. And Kenny's off, off air has talked to this a, a bit with a couple of my players. It was a really strong week um, in the first week of uh, the preseason. And yeah, you're spot on. It, it's gone pretty well. I think the only one um, who, who ironically I was probably the highest on out of any of them was Isaiah Spiller. I really saw him coming into a... Um, Actually having a role with Eckler, I don't think the Chargers want to uh, drive him into the ground this year. He obviously had a huge workload and also being a bigger back, I thought he could have some goal line opportunities, but uh, didn't start very well and an injury um, has now settled in and that's probably why you're seeing Sonny Michelle getting picked up. So um, that's probably the only disappointment out of the rookies. Um, everyone else is looking pretty good. And as I said, it's it's just a building building year. Whatever they can achieve um, is only going to grow the assets of the dingers. Yes. Yeah. And just quickly on that, mate, I'd say uh, with Traylon Burks, I had a rookie wide receiver last year that had some yips in training camp and it turned out all right. So uh, stick fat. I think he'll be quite good. And then just on George Pickens, the hype that guy's get, getting over the last couple of weeks is – Enormous. And I think um, when you look at the success Pittsburgh's had with wide receivers coming in the doors over the years, um, yeah, very exciting um, addition, whether he's on the taxi squad year one or not. It'll be interesting to watch what happens with that wide receiver room and the quarterback room over the next couple of years. Hot yeah, I think you I think you're spot on there. I think any wide receiver in Pittsburgh gets that um, – credit without probably earning it because they do produce some pretty um, star wide receivers. And I think the Burks thing, you're right. Um, and also um, Vrabel is a pretty, pretty hard coach. He doesn't care where you're drafted. He'll, he makes you earn it. And 
I don't think Burks has gone in um, on his good side. So it's good. I think I think he will make it make him earn it. And the taxi squad that you brought up, Jake, I didn't have them on there until uh, sort of dove in a bit deeper into Manny's theory about <laughs> the point scoring, and um, may have may have made some tweaks there. Yeah, Potter, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna reel off your eight picks, and I'm gonna focus on one. So Traylon Burks, George Pickens, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, Matt Corral. Wondale Robinson, Sam Howell, and Jelani Woods. Now let's talk about Jelani Woods. You love you love a tight end and you love a Colt. Have we got a hidden hidden gem there? It's a very very good leading question by yourself, Stefan. Um, I do I do really like Jelani Woods. Uh, one of Keeney's favourite shows is our little draft production that the Colts do, and it gives us a look into the draft room and how passionate our coaches can get. And knowing that, I really focused in on this year's production, and they were super high on Jelani Woods. They, they wanted to take him at the start, I think in the second round, and they let him go and still got him in the third. He's, I think he tested as the most athletic tight end ever, not in this draft class, but ever at six foot seven. 250 pounds. I think he ran a 4.6. Um, he's an incredible athlete. I think he'll be a red zone asset. And as much as I love Big Mo Ali Cox, I, I, even if he holds onto it this year, I think it's a one year thing. And Jelani Woods can go into a starting role as of next year, which is obviously when I'm building for. All right. Um, just before we uh, look at your, your off season trading. Let's uh let's have a let's have a uh, a chat about the uh, one hundred and two and moving down from there. So you obviously done that with myself. Yep. What was your thoughts surrounding that trade, pre um, and post? Pre, uh, what I know about you is if you want something, you get it, and you <laughs> can be with an offer. So I I knew I had you in my sights or. Just had to make some tweaks for you to get the deal done. Um, and but yeah, I don't think we went back and forth too many times. I think it was twice or three times. And yeah, I was obviously happy to move back and collect some more capital in the process. Uh, post, um, still trying to work out how you included me in the move back situation. I still don't can't get my head around that. And maybe you want to give the listeners some more insights into that. Sorry, say that again. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know the host host has to listen every now and then, mate. I was listening. Even with the phone right down his ear hole. Hey, do you reckon, <laughs> we've, do you reckon we've identified a flaw in trying to do a podcast on your mobile phone? <laughs> it's, oh, look, it's a delicious blue painting in the background on the cabin, but... Um, <laughs> I asked you, Steph, you probably have more insight as to post, like why you thought I would be back in the mix for drafting up. Well, I thought potentially you would uh, be a sneaky chance to want to pick it. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) At At what point did you think that, Steph? Yeah. After you owned his old pick. Yeah, is, is it just after he got a haul for that pick? Well, is it a haul? Wait and see. Bruce. 
I'd like to think, though, Steph, if I was keen on Pickett, I would have probably stuck fat at number two. Okay. Bold, now let's move on, Scotty. Yeah. Like, let's be honest, boys. When when you're in my position in the league, um, it's all it's all roses. It's all fun outlooks for the years. So maybe maybe keep my team down to a minimum and get on to two powerhouse teams that the other hosts have. So how many more questions have you got, DFF? Uh, I was just going to uh, run through the rest of your trades, but that's all right. No, go, I go just, for it. I was just, just going to say bringing in uh, Pat Frymuth was a – I see that as a, a huge win, but Dalton Schultz is also a pretty, pretty good player for Jake. You two oh, can uh, have your input on that. I might, um, I might run all my trades through you as the calculator if I'm winning that already. Um, <laughs> but – yeah, like I think just with my strategy, I've liked Frymuth. I've had the little star on him in the sleep wrap for the whole time he's been in. Um, and yeah, I really like what he was able to do in his first year. Not many tight ends come in and have that much of the footy. So uh, just with my strategy, got a bit younger and added some um, assets in the process when I thought Schultz was probably like Matt alluded to last week in his review. Just uh, with CD Lamb is just getting rid of an asset at probably a peak for a, a team that will, could really use him this year. Very good. Thanks for your time, Hodick. And there it uh, is. We, we we spoke about Jelani Woods being uh, one that could surprise. Is there any is there any uh, other hidden gems that you think could give us could give the dingers a bit of a rise? Oh, hello. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I'm listening. The dingers are always on the rise. Otherwise, they're sort of out of business. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't know if there's any any other sort of diamonds in the rough. Um, I think I really do think George Pickens can be special. Um, he's probably the one that everyone's looking at. But um, Wandale Robinson has caught my eye and maybe maybe Ben can sort of touch on this. He there's not many players and they're pretty brutal with fantasy players that are under five nine. There's not many that go on to have successful years. Uh Tyreek Hill is sort of the the outsider or the the exception. Um, but he's very similar, very gadgety, very strong, and he's already won that battle as the slot receiver and they're, they haven't, they haven't been playing him, which is always a good sign that he is the, in the ones. So um, I don't know, you'd be probably in tune with it all as well, Ben, but um, I'm sort of happy with where he's got to at this point already. Yeah. I reckon what you're saying there is usually actions speak louder than words at this point in the year. Um, also probably what bodes well for him is just how well the slot receiver does in Dable's offense. Uh, I think your mate, Steph, old uh, Beasles, did quite well as a 39-year-old or however the fuck old he was, about 34. Um, <laughs> and even he had a very successful season. I think he had some crazy amount of targets that people forget about in his latter part of his career. So get a young bloke in who's probably got more skills, more gadgets at this point in his career, and I think there is uh, plenty of upside there. I think he's fixed, to be honest. You think, what? 
I think Wondale, uh, for actually both the Giants and for Hoddick, was uh, one of their best picks. Yeah, I was mm. pretty happy. That's for, for that's Hod. interesting because I I was uh, pretty scattered that night and <laughs> looked back on it the next day and sort of looked at that pick and questioned it quite a bit. I don't have the draft in front of me, but there were some pretty good players. I think you picked some, Jake, uh, that went after him, and I was left a little uh uninspired by my drafting actually so it's it, it has turned around a little bit um more positive can i just ask on that one jake while we're talking about that rookie draft night how much of an advantage do you think you had by not coming on the night like were you just watching the picks fly off the board going what the fuck are these guys doing uh i think i even said when you guys interviewed me i was surprised with some of the guys that i got definitely um, there was definitely guys that I definitely fell to me. So I would suggest that um, possibly it had a positive influence. But not going to lie, I'd prefer the uh, the stories of the night than uh, some of those draft picks. It's to make an effort and get there next year, please. I will try. I think this sums up sort of how the night went. It was... Um... I was uh, I was about to pick and I text Jake and said, hey, Jake, are you interested in this pick? And then 30 seconds later, I said, don't worry, I'm picking someone. <laughs> Before he had the opportunity to answer me. So that's sort of how the night went. I did the yeah. same thing with a trade. <laughs> so I said, Do you want to trade this? And he said, yeah. And I go, actually, no, don't worry. <laughs> it was flowing. Hey, There's a lot going on. Steph, I don't want to uh, tread on your toes or anything, but you're about 42 minutes in and you haven't got to uh, 66% of the people you plan on interviewing. <laughs> so just just putting it out there. Nah, that's all good. I'm, I'm done. So we can... Uh, I'm done. Thank you, Hoddick. Thanks for the input for the Dingers uh, 2023 campaign. All the best. Hope you come last again. No, thank you, mate. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's always good representing the division, the best division in world sport. That's it. You say that more than plethora. (sighs) All right. Thank you for that, DFF. We are going to keep things moving here, and I'm going to jump in and review Ben Parker's team, the Park City Lions. So can we please play his intro song? Not again. Surprise, everyone. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to fly through this, Ben, but as you know me, it's very methodical, very well thought out, and I have rehearsed, unlike our previous. So first off, I'm going to throw to you, and before we get stuck into your team, I'm going to ask you, you've listened to everyone come on this podcast, um, have pots of the league members, division members, and you've had to play it, you know, straight back because you're one third of podcast hosts. So, can this is your chance for a right of reply? Is there anyone in your division or anyone that has come on the pod that you'd like to return serve now that you are a guest like the rest of us? I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I need to for people in my division. It's more, uh, camo just coming in and firing shots, fucking slandering the potential of my team. And I know he was trying to ruffle my feathers and it worked. So, well done, camo. Um, no, I think Jake came on and spoke. You know, his usual self, just fucking how much smarter he is than every other person in this league and how he's uh, 15 steps ahead of the next person. And Manny was talking like that as well, but I think also then started talking about other strategies on top of the first strategies that he talked about. 
Um, but I do see where he's coming from. I, I honestly think, even though Manny probably won't say it, I think Camo touched on it, that I reckon he saw how much the picks flew off the board for in the first rookie draft and thought, i got to get on this action for the next year and then didn't factor in maybe the potential talent there and now is just uh, backtracking. And he probably won't admit, but he would have preferred to have Wilson and Burrow going into the playoffs than those picks. Um, and Scoot, I mean, you know, I think even though he decided to blow his team up, he probably had a potential team that he could have built around. He just really struggled with QB. So I think he's, um, yeah, he's, he's gone back to square one where he could have tried a different avenue, maybe down the path of what Manny's doing and getting some scrubs to try and piece together some spots there. But it's uh, it's an interesting division and Jake, once again's team is looking pretty solid, which worries me. All right. So to play that back, you're telling me that Camo's a pest. Jake's a loudmouth, Manny's a liar, and Scoot sucks at fantasy. Scoot almost changed his sex mind. Best. Sex best. best. <laughs> they call him Legacy Larry for nothing. Yeah, that's that's a good summary. Good. All right. And before we dive into your stats and all your moves and, and how you're feeling about the upcoming season, can you just shed some light for the listeners now that you're not a host anymore? How did you feel after you got beat by the Prestige Worldwide in the grand final last year? Give us an insight into the next couple of weeks. What did you get up to? How are you feeling? I'll give you an insight into the lead up before the game. And I thought, how fucking good is this? This bloke has no running backs and I'm scooping up because I've got waiver priority. The only decent option, which was Dare Agumbawale, um, (laughs) who actually scored decent from memory in that final. Um, did. 13.8, just off the top of my head. Yep. No, it's in front of me. Um, yeah, so after it all started to unfold, and I think probably the the early signs was Michael Carter getting all the touches and then getting a concussion after he handed it off to fucking Braxton on the goal line for a touchdown. That's when it started to just all fall apart for me. And a lot of the players who I needed to step up didn't. Um, Cooper, subpar, Chubb, ordinary, Kittle fucking sucked. Um, so to be honest, even though you had no running backs, you still deserved it with 148 and I put up a pitiful 117. So, uh, you're not going to win them with those scores. Very well said and very humble and gracious in defeat. And I'm sure you have one of these bad boys in the very near future. Now, speaking of future, we're going to jump into the past 2020 and 2021 year one, Benny. You finished ninth with a record of six and seven. You were the ninth highest scoring team. You averaged 124 points and you did not register any top 10 scores in Aeronautical year. Then through some savvy draft pick moves and some trades, you put yourself in a really strong position. Touched on that you finished second last year, but you increased your record to nine and five overall. Your points per game jumped up 19 to 143 and you did register a top 10 score at 187. So, Week one. you've come a long way in one year. I think we remember when we started off in the league, you had the most assets in terms of some of the moves you made on draft day. And, um, you know, you had that little system that you were plugging everyone's teams into and talking about, you know, health, you know, how healthy your team is in terms of longevity versus others, et cetera. You flipped it pretty quickly. And I think Kenny followed suit. Um, so I'll dive into your off-season this season, but um, I think the notable trade that you made last year was a move for Debo Samuel after his hot start to the year last year. I think um, I'll ask you for your thoughts in a second, but 
it was Debo for Jared Judy and um, a first round pick, I believe. And Rashad. I think, Penny. and yeah, that's right. And I thought he would have come in handy for you in uh, the playoffs last year, but hindsight's a wonderful thing. I think looking at that trade, consensus probably thought that you gave up a fair bit in terms of what Judy's value was and maybe Debo was a flash <laughs> in the pan. But ever since then, um, you know, Judy got hurt and, and Debo really really continued and, and looks like a really strong hold um, going forward. So I uh, just want to quickly touch on that one. Yeah, uh, the the penny part of it as well was I was getting um, – I needed to offload someone off my roster and I said to Hod that I was going to just throw in a, a running back and stupidly put Penny up there. And um, I reckon we did it just before – the podcast that day and then Keeney jumped on and said, oh, how's Penny? You know, all these blokes dropping <coughs> like flies. I reckon it was a good 24 hours after Hod and I spoke and I reckon the trade offer just got accepted as fast as possible after Keeney dropped that hint. So <laughs> I was regretting it at that point. And you're right. I think he scored 20 odd in, in the playoff mm. round. So he had an absolute flyer. But once again, he's, you know, returned to the mean and he's injured again and um, looks to yeah. be a little bit hampered. He's just... Got a, a string of bad luck, that bloke. Um, but yeah, the Jerry Judy one, I knew Hod was interested in getting youthful players. Jerry Judy hadn't done anything to that point and, and looked to be and still does look to be a potential star. But I was kind of like, well, how many years can I wait for this blossom to bloom, if you will, now that it's the first day of spring, thanks to yes. Steph, Steph reminding Music me in the intro. Um so, yeah, I looked at Debo. I thought he was still underrated, even though he started well last year. Um, I didn't anticipate that he'd turn into a fucking running back after I traded for him. But it mm. was a little bit, I was a little bit hesitant in that I had too many 49ers. But the built in um, part of it was that he, he had an injury history. And if he got injured, it boosted the stocks of AUK anyway. So I was kind of bolstering that wide receiver position, is how I looked at it. Yep. No, very good. Thank you for your life story. Now, off season. <laughs> I'm just trying to match your uh, your details. No, you, you did. You are a very good guest. Not so good a host, but a very good guest. Now, <laughs> off season. You made one big trade in the off season. That was with Papa, and it was to bring in Tom Brady and Travis Kelsey, and you moved on TJ Hawkinson and a series of draft picks. So a 2024 second, a 2025 first, and a 2025 second. So my question to you, Ben, the mm-hmm. rest of the league knows it. Are you all in? Talk me through your strategy. Is that a serious question? No, it isn't. Uh, yeah, of course I'm all in. I've got Keeney, um, who I was always afraid of even when he didn't have good players last year because I knew the assets and the way that guy's brain works. He's always fucking thinking about Dynasty and always sending trades out. He's almost worse than Kamo, I reckon. He just goes under the radar. Um, He's Kamo without the sex pest. <laughs> Less uh, trigger fingers. Um, yeah. No, the Brady one as well was not only... <clears throat> I, I didn't have Lamar Jackson for all of the playoffs last year, and that really did hurt, and I wasn't able to rely on Lawrence. And mm. Brady, even though he's old and he's only probably got one more year left... Um, he's a top 12 QB when he's playing. So I thought not only am I keeping him as just insurance for this year, but I'm also keeping him off someone else's roster who uh, isn't as strong at that position. So I saw him as a really gettable target for someone like Jake or, um, you know, people who were 
building their teams this offseason and maybe wanted to bolster that position. And I thought if I can keep the, him off their list, then it helps me by, you know, lessening the field. Mm. You took him from Papa. So you made a really shit team even shitter. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, right. So we've noticed that you're very strong at quarterback and you're very strong at tight end. Um, but our co-host for the evening, Jake, pointed out that you might be a little light elsewhere in terms of, you know, running back and wide receiver depth. So keen to see when the season starts, if you start off slow or you have some injuries, if you had an exit strategy or if you look to double down and maybe use some of those assets to continue competing. Yeah. I mean, don't forget I had JK Dobbins before the season started last year who did his knee. I pivoted pretty quickly there, got Odell and Thielen, which worked out all right. And Thielen's even, you know, as much as people wrote him off at the end of last year, he's got some pretty good value um, already going into this year. He's going a bit under the radar. I know he was a bit of a steal in our auction draft the other night. Um, yep. Yeah, it's quite easy to pivot. And I think that to think that this is the list that I'm going to finish <coughs> with for the rest of the year is... Uh, is a little bit fraught with danger because things can change and you don't know who's going to stay healthy. And I mean, who knows? I could even blow it up is one of the potential options if shit hits the fan. So you just never fucking know. That's it. And that's why we play the game, Spinny. Now moving on to the draft. You had a really strong draft, not just your performance on the podcast and keeping everyone level-headed. You just had a really strong draft in terms of your selections on the night. No one Run me from through what them. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, I've run you through them. Talk us through your approach and why you didn't know anyone and why you didn't want to trade with me on draft night. Didn't want to trade with you on draft night because uh, what was the point? I wasn't going to make my team stronger for right now. And yeah, I could have picked up an Tyler Allgear or uh, some of these sort of fringe running backs, but I feel like I've got some of them on my roster already. So in terms of wide receivers, one position I probably want to look at and running back, I wasn't going to be at the top end of the draft where I could get an immediate impact in... Brees Hall and all those types of guys. So, uh, yeah, I didn't really see the point in taking a flyer when I've already got some on my roster. Very fair. You also now, couldn't at... see. On an <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> I don't think he was alone, nor was I. I think most of the, only Jake could see, I think. So um, kudos to you, mate. Now, looking at your roster, some interesting storylines to follow, I think, out of three-headed monster of Ayuk, Debo Samuel and George Kittle. I think it's just really interesting with Trey Lance, how that kind of target share plays out, whether one goes up, one goes down. So um, that would be very interesting to watch. I think um, Amari Cooper, the, the, the stack with Jacoby Brissett, come and get him if you want him, mate. But uh, when Deshaun Watson comes back in week 12, stick your fingers, um, he'll be a, a very interesting piece for a potential championship run. You've got Michael Carter on your bench, and as of right now, he's taking running back one snaps with Brees Hall. So DFF, earmuffs, mate. But um, that will be a very interesting um, positional battle to watch during the start of the season. And then some news that the Bears might be looking, Jake's Bears looking to maybe move on from David Montgomery. So you've got Khalil Herbert there waiting in the wings off uh, an injury scare a couple of weeks ago. So I think into the season, they'll be the things that other contenders um, will be watching for. And I think we'll kind of know four, six weeks in where you stack up in terms of um, going for the ring this year, mate. So onto waivers, a couple of key pickups that you've got and that are still on your roster. You've got Isaiah Pacheco. You've got Joe Flacco, Amir Abdullah, who might be taking the passing snaps in Oakland, and Nelson Aguilar. So any gems in there? Anyone that you're excited about? 
Yeah, I reckon a bloke called Trevor Lawrence is um, he's looking at as a bit of a gem who's just sitting there on my roster. Um, could be exciting. Could be exciting to watch that he doesn't have a fucking scrub of a coach this year. But mm. outside of that, no, I agree with who you said. Khalil Herbert, who Jake, you said was absolutely nothing. So once again, wrong in the words of Timos. Um, <laughs> Michael Carter, I agree. Even if he doesn't stay as getting starting snaps, he still has that passing down capability, which is always handy to have for a running back. Um, even, yeah, I mean, uh, wide receiver wise, I'm just sort of grasping at straws here. So I'll have to uh, address that at some point. Where did you hear yep. the reports that uh, they're moving on from Montgomery? I heard came up on my sleeper this morning, mate. They uh, the, just told me. the coaches are having uh, internal conversations around whether he's the right fit for the new he scheme. Doesn't fit their scheme. I did see that as well. Mm. They've also only kept three running backs, so I'd be very surprised. Yes, well, there's plenty out there on the waiver wire, boys. Um, <laughs> Benny. We're going to get into the. We're going to close out and then move on to uh, the fake commish. But uh, who on your team are you most excited about this year in terms of um, what they can deliver for you in terms of increasing in value? Um, and who is everyone potentially sleeping on? Like a little sleeper. I'm excited to get more than four games out of Derek Henry. I reckon that'll be pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> he was he was fun to watch last year, and then he fucking got injured. So that was awesome when I was going chips in with that. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson is someone who I'm very excited to watch this year. I think he's copping a lot of shit and he, uh, I reckon, has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And so I'm hoping that he's going to go for his record-breaking style season again. Um, but yeah, uh, I think they're probably the ones. Uh, and Ayuk was an interesting one just in terms of uh, in the short time that Trey Lance played, it looked like he had a pretty good connection with him as a receiver. So if Debo mm. stays as the running back and then he's the wide receiver and Kittle's the tight end, I'll be happy with that formation. Definitely. You just need an injury to Trey Lance and maybe one of them could play quarterback and everyone wins. <laughs> it's been, it's been um, a very smart call for the review to take place by the winner versus the runner-up because... I'm sensing there that Ben's dark horses are all the players that he didn't have against you. In the <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm about to move on to dark horse, but quickly, average age, mate. We've got three teams to get through, so who cares? <laughs> Who's your dark horse of the year in this league? Uh, dark horse in the league. I think, you know, we can't really say Jake anymore because everyone goes on about that, but I'm going to go with Including Jim. Him. I'm going to go with Jim. I think that even though the bloke is going all out and he's making questionable calls and he's keeping his roster razor thin, I think that everything's going to fucking fall into place for him. He's going to get kissed on the dick and he's going to uh, make the playoffs but not win it. Mm. Well, you and Papa are in cahoots there. I don't know if that's a good thing, but um, you two are singing Jim's praises. Now, final questions for you before I hand over to Jake to take Keeney through his team. The real draft happened on Saturday night. I want to get your thoughts on who you think won the two-minute drillers draft and who you think lost it. Oh, fuck. All right. Um, didn't have my head around questions for a different league on this podcast who won it uh i think it was actually pretty even that was our auction draft for anyone for the three people who aren't part of it jake um that yeah it was a pretty even one probably the the strangest call of the night was Derek carr going for 31 dollars in a 200 dollars budget that was 
mind blowing. Um, Never traded. And then got traded. And then, yeah, I don't know. I think Mayer probably lost it. He's not even listening, so don't worry. The bloke only drafted three running backs, and one of them was Rashad, uh, was Penny. So, yeah, that's uh, it's going to be a hard hill to cl- a hard Tyreek on a hill to climb up from. Another niche gag for. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just an excuse to uh, to give a shout out to the greatest league, the longest serving league that we all play fantasy football in. So thank you. Um, with that said, mate, good luck this year, uh, and I'll trade your ring for Debo. All right. The <laughs> <laughs> floor is yours, OJ. Now, Christopher, I'd like to apologise that um, there is not any rehearsed uh, scripting like the last two gentlemen, but we will go off the cuff, and I do have uh, a, a, a couple of questions for you. But I'd like to begin all the way back at the very beginning with a, a, a quite an interesting draft strategy. I mean, you sort of came out of the blocks with, with a man with a plan, as you like to say. Uh, started with a really, really young uh, list. And it, I mean, it probably panned out exactly as you were expecting. Three and 10, I think it was, something like that in the first year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, three and 10 was a pretty average first year. But uh, as you as you said, I sort of did a fair bit of research on, on Dynasty because we're all sort of new to it. And I identified sort of the way I wanted to go with it, which was to try and basically do something that most other teams weren't doing. So... Um, look, I think if we all had our time again, we'd all do it very differently. There's no doubt about that. But um, I probably got sort of halfway to where I wanted to go, which was sort of add some add some future draft picks and and sort of bundle a lot of the, the picks together in one year um, because I just thought in the first year, those um, first-round picks, even second-round picks, were really undervalued uh, versus what they were actually worth. And we've, we've talked about the Philip Lindsay one. But... Um, I suppose until you actually do a rookie draft, you don't really get a sense of what they're actually worth. So now, um, now that we're into year three, I think everyone's sort of on board with um, the value of those picks. And um, as I said, if I think if we all had our time again, we'd all do it a little bit differently. So yeah, I, I sort of went into that productive struggle. I think they call it in year ones, where I just sort of tried to build some younger pieces and um, and, and load up on the draft picks. Yeah. So when the draft finished, like if you can remember back to then. Do you remember thinking that yes, you, you nailed it for what you wanted, or did some things not not play out how you wanted to? Um, no, I think I think like everyone, uh, I think everyone's pretty happy with what they do at the end of a draft, no matter what draft it is, because um, they picked the player that they wanted at the end of the day. So um, I think I walked away with a few extra first round picks, um, and and uh, pretty optimistic about all the young players, not realizing if they were going to be any good or not. I mean, I got. Let's be honest, I got pretty lucky with the Jonathan Taylor pick. Um, that sort of set up what I've been able to do over the last couple of years. So um, if that doesn't happen, then who knows where I'll be. But um, that was certainly sort of something that's that's really helped. Uh, Kenny, if I can jump in. There's a lot of, um, if, if you listen to or read about Dynasty, a lot of the experts say when you start a league, just target the second year to win. Now, your strategy seems to go with that. Is, was that part of your research? Did you land on that um, as your strategy going into our first year? Not, Yeah, not specifically. I was probably more looking at sort of the third year, to be honest. Like I was trying to pick a year where my whole theory was everyone's going to try and win the first two years. So basically any sort of decision I made was try, trying to be targeted towards the third year. 
Um, and I sort of just escalated that a little quicker than probably what I thought. I think after I traded Kittle to Ben, I sort of looked at it and went, I wonder if I can flip a few of these picks into players and we'll see what it looks like. So um, I sort of probably, once I did the Stafford one and the Kittle one, I think that's when it sort of turned and I thought I might as well have a go here and try and win win in year two. And um, yeah, that's probably where it, where it changed. Um, and I saw your eyes light up before when Matt said that you followed suit after Ben. Do you feel that you got in before him? Uh, in what sense? I don't know. You tell me. I just saw your eyes go up and sort of be a bit uh, butthurt, if I can nah, say. Nah. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I, no, I, I thought uh, I probably thought I was that. the I probably thought I was the first league member to stack first round picks in a draft, and and um, and then there's been a few others that have followed suit in recent years. Ben, shaking your head there. I was just looking over my trades, and there's a lot of trades that I traded out uh, that had first round picks in them. So I reckon I had a few up my belt. Or your hey. sleeve. No, Back no. to up my belt, my championship belt. Back to yep. you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, riveting stuff. <laughs> um, well, your your strategy obviously did pay off moving into year two, uh, making huge moves in that offseason, as you sort of touched on there, being really willing to, to continue to pivot and try and find value different places. And it uh, resulted in 12 and 2. So just an absolutely enormous turnaround from a season-long perspective and overall roster. Obviously, it didn't land you the whole way, as many of us predicted, probably from halfway through the season. But as has been mentioned many times on the pod, luck is a very, very, very big factor in winning fantasy rings. So uh, you set yourself up for a massive season. Obviously, I would have still thought a successful season. Uh, Yeah, yes and no. I mean, yeah, I think you you put yourself in the position to – to have a buy, which is pretty much my strategy every year is try and be in the top two and take that first week out of it. Um, and I suppose we'll get to sort of my team in a sec, but that's why I've tried to be as deep as I could because my whole sort of thing is if you can dominate in the bye weeks um, and be really deep, then that goes a long way to winning those bye weeks year in, year out. And and um, and you, you end up being in the the top at least top four so it gives yourself a good chance of chance of the top two so um to answer your question i probably deviated a fraction there um yeah it was it was a positive step but you never like uh never like losing in the playoffs that's for sure and um i haven't won a playoff game yet so it's hard to say it was a successful year oh no just you guys always wonder why tight end is the best position (laughs) and keeney's banging on about deep (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well we will uh we will get to your roster but before we sort of go break down position by position there i think one of the most impressive aspects of what you've been able to do is that depth uh within the roster i think that that's one thing in terms of a synopsis as uh the great man steph brought up um that's really the story of what you've been able to create which is different to the rest i think there's probably two or three other really good tech, like starting lineups, but you've managed to continue to do it in a way which has landed you with with depth as well. Which uh, that I talk about that as having I've got good depth. I think it's the strength of my my starting lineup isn't as good as the top two or three. But you've managed to do both. Yeah, yeah, it's um pro- probably that is probably the strong suit. I mean, it, 
you give and take a bit. Like if if I had my time again, to be honest, I wouldn't have done the AJ Brown trade because um, I just think uh, a he's a young asset, and I got a, a little bit for it. But um, yeah, to, I think to be deeper, you've got to you got to give up something and take a bit of a risk to try and turn some picks or whatever into um, into some assets and to get a little bit deeper. So that's sort of been my mentality. DFF, I haven't been afraid to trade and. And turn my roster into a pretty good one. Um, but if you want to keep waiting, that's fine. He hasn't said a word in about twenty-five minutes. Is he watching the footy? No, footy's over. I'm listening to you guys talk. There he is, the thumb. <laughs> the thumb. I will say it. I. I. I it would be remiss of me not to mention the highlight of my highlight of my year last year, and that was. Beating Papa by 131. I mean, does it get any better than that? That'll never be beaten. That was my Maybe, maybe this year. His team mightn't score 31 all year. True. His team is fucking... Like, if you're going to do the blow-up job... Oh boy, <laughs> settle down, boys. Uh, that's the way to do it. Have a look at... There's no way, man, he's getting pick one. Papa's got that sewn up. Look. Wow. Someone on this pod might have something to say about that. No. Bet, bet, Ben's looking likely to get the number one. <laughs> if, if, if Camo said so, I reckon he would. Well, that, uh, that does bring me to what the only question I really would like to ask is that, as uh, Thais did mention, that you, you spend a lot of time being able to ask the questions and allowing people to you know, have their time in the summer they come on the, on the pod. And, and sometimes you have to be a little bit more reserved as you know, the host, you're there to do a job and keep everyone on track. But now is your opportunity with the shackles of being unleashed as a guest to think possibly, you know, get deep and unload on the rest of the league. Uh, yeah, I think Ben I think Ben did a reasonably good job before. Um, the only thing I've touched on, Papa, but seriously, what what's going to be lower, like his weekly shop or his score every week? It, it's... <laughs> It's honestly at the, at the real shitty end um, of the league, I think. But he's got a plan. Man with a plan is a winner, so it doesn't really matter. The other one is the 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 one I can't get past is Manny. And Manny thinking that he's got this game all figured out. His team is definitely better than last year. There's no doubt about that. But he's telling everyone in, that'll listen that he's locked up the number one pick and he's such a genius because he's got five good players on his on his taxi squad. So I don't really understand what's going on there. Jim, we've we've been through Jim enough, but um, I, I have I have grave fears for Jim in two years' time. Um, whether that comes next year or the year after, I'm not sure. But I, I'm with you, Ben. I think he can be. I've sort of reassessed a little bit with him. I think he can be sneaky this year, Jim. I think he can if he stays healthy, and it's a big if. Um, and I think there's a few teams in that boat where injuries are going to play a big part. If they get injuries, they're no chance. But if they stay healthy, their starting roster is fine and it's good enough to get in and, and cause cause a boil over. So um, they're probably the main guys. Yeah, Scooter's probably a little bit further ahead than what he thinks, I reckon. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's probably the main the main guys I wanted to tick off there. Hod? Um, I'm, that was painful to listen to when you just said we've all been through gym. What are you getting? At? What are you getting out there? Poor Jim. Well, we all sort of have had a go, haven't we? <laughs> like um, a village bicycle. What I, what I will say on Jim, whilst we're talking about him, is he's obviously a dark horse for this season by a few of you, and 
I just want to ask uh, the prestige worldwide, imagine how good he'd be if he ran every trade through. He must be doing something right if he's a dark He'd have one of these, I reckon. He'd have one of these. Talk to the audience. A sore ring? What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I thought when you said dark horse, uh, you know, Kenny said you worry where he's going to be in two years. Did you know? I was thinking a horse that's not alive anymore. Is that not what a dark horse is? Oh, yeah. Put the put the curtain up. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It uh yeah. It could be it could be a few issues, but uh like this year he's got I think what keeps him alive is he's got Jalen Hurts, he's got Cooper Cup, uh he's got, you know, Rogers and Jones. Who knows about Aaron Jones? That could go nuts if mm-hmm. if they get an injury, maybe that's um got a really high ceiling. And then a couple of younger guys, Devonta Smith, Armin Ross, St. Brown, they're probably the the biggest upside he's got. Um but yeah, so that's probably that's probably why I think he's a chance. If we're talking genuine sort of smokies, I'd have to throw Tim in the mix. Um, I think he's he's had a pretty good off season, all things considered. Like it looks like Kamara is not going to get suspended. The the stuff in Tampa Bay is probably risen Evans's dynasty outlook a bit higher than probably what we all thought at, at that age. Um, we know what Kyler Murray can do, and and Pittman's been a a really big um, sort of riser throughout the preseason. So I think Tim, if he's he's another one that needs to stay pretty healthy, um, but he's certainly got the squad to to at least be the second best team in in our division. Yeah, he's done a really good job of doing fuck all. So good job. <laughs> he's not the DFF. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. Right. Well, let's uh, let's crank through your your roster, and we'll start with the quarterbacks. Yep. So we got um, to Wilson, Matthew Stafford, getting the nod there in uh, in Carolina. Hey, sorry to uh, cut you off there, Jake. I don't know if it's going on for anyone else, but that I did not hear shit, which means the recording wouldn't have heard shit on Keeney's roster there. Yeah, no, that's all right. It, uh, it did freeze for a second then. That's all right. Just go through them again. Yeah, you tell me when. Go. Yeah. Any- all good. Go. Any stop touching yourself. So we'll run through your quarterbacks, which are Russell Wilson, uh, Matthew Stafford, Baker Mayfield, and Mac Jones. So you do bat four deep with um, Baker Mayfield, of course, winning the job in Carolina. Um, pretty happy with that quarterback room, I'd assume. Yeah, it's probably it's probably the one area I lack an elite option. I reckon, mm-hmm. if I'm being being honest, like I think Stafford and Wilson will be fine, but. You look at sort of all the other contenders, and um, I think they've probably most of them have at least got one sort of tier one quarterback. But um, but all in all, pretty happy. I mean, I did offer Baker Mayfield for Sam Darnold a few weeks ago on this podcast, and was rejected straight up. So, Steph, if we had it, if you had your time again, what are your thoughts on that trade? No, I stand strong on that one. Thanks. <laughs> what's, what's the number one rule of the DFF, mate? Sounds good, mate. No trades, no worries. <laughs> um, I'm happy with my quarterback room. Thanks, Chris. You Jeez. must be pumped. Last um, last time we interviewed you, you said you had five starters and you're starting one in week one. <laughs> Do you want you must be real happy. <laughs> Do you want Flacco at all, DFF? No, I don't, Ben. Thank you. Okay, cool. Uh, I mean, I probably disagree in terms of the elite uh, comment on your QBs. 
Stafford's probably the question mark coming to the season. There's been dishes lingering talk about this elbow injury. Which it might be, it's not necessarily what you want to hear. I think Russell Wilson uh, has every chance to be a top five QB uh, in this situation for at least the next two, three years. The weapons that he has around him, uh, the opportunity to sort of do what he wants to do and, and air the ball out and, and be a little bit more aggressive. I genuinely think he's never not been a top 10 QB, I think, except for a year that he got injured. So now with a better system possibly around him and certainly, I mean, he had a pretty good supporting cast in DK and Tyler Lockett, but I think he has more weapons this time around. Yeah, he's obviously a, a pretty interesting uh, fantasy piece in, in redraft and dynasty this year. Uh, so, yeah, I think everything you say is pretty right. He's 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 got a lot of he's got a lot of weapons in Denver, and they've been a pretty buzzy sort of team in the off season. So, who knows? He did drop off a fair bit um, last year. It's got to be said. His his last six weeks were pretty awful. Um, there's a bit of Seattle about that. Then there was a bit of an injury there. Um, but until he sort of shows it in Denver, it, there's still a little bit of a question mark for me. Harsh. No, no one even built such a good roster. It's fucking pretty harsh. It's better than all of my quarterbacks. <laughs> so, um, it's a low we, bar. It is, correct. Still got one of these, big boy. <laughs> 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 and uh, I'll, I'll use that opportunity to go into what I think is, um, I mean, it's touch and go because your wide receivers are also pretty strong. But the running back room with Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, uh, and Ronald Jones. Am I... No, that, that's all of them. Um, that, uh, can I just ask something about Ronald Jones? Chris tried to trade him back, trade him to me a few few weeks back for uh, Rondell Moore. Yeah, Ron, Ronald Jones will probably get cut soon. Just yep. No, yeah. that was. Um, Did you finish the sentence then? <laughs> that's that's a fair call. Um, yeah, I think I did. I did inquire because you had Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and they just signed Ronald Jones. I thought. That would be a trade you might be interested in. It hasn't worked out. Um, he did make the 53-man roster, Steph, which is good. Um, so I'm oh, happy to hold on to him. But, um, yeah, that was that was a trade I explored a while ago, not yesterday. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the starters, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, two uh, consensus probably top five picks in redraft uh, this year, both super elite talents, workhorse, three-down backs, do it all. Uh, probably in a in a very very uh, or you're in a great position there with the starters, but uh, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, you probably got a couple more. I mean, question marks around in terms of either availability through injury or um, just sort of game script. Yeah, I mean, those three are probably going to ride the pine for a little while. I've got um, Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon to throw in there at some point. Um, so oh, we'll see how we go. But um, Rashad Penny, I don't. there's been a lot of Rashad Penny hate. He will be the starter for Seattle. Uh, Kenneth Walker is no certainty to play much at all this year. So I'm chips in on old Rashad this year, and I think he's going to have a nice season. Yeah, that's uh, – no, I've just realised. I didn't – read out Mixon or Cook when I actually read them out before. I missed them in your flex positions. And uh, I was actually thinking to myself as I finished them off that, yeah, you're four of the top seven running backs in the redraft league at the moment. It's fucking yep. wild. It's awesome. Yep, they are. They, the only thing with those guys are they're probably not – yeah, they're good for redraft, but dynasty-wise they're probably going the other way because of their age. But um, – with where I'm at at the moment, I'm that's sort of that's fine. 
I'll just ride and die with them. I don't think I'll be trading them because no one really wants them because they're old. Oh, uh, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's not how I hold. Yeah, well, Jonathan Taylor's the exception, but um, like Cook, even Mixon's 25, 26, Eckler's 28 or something. Yeah. Mm. Um, even Penny's 26, I think. So um, they're good for contenders, but in sort of two years' time, I don't think they're going to be, they, they're going to drop off pretty quickly, I reckon. So I've got to try and cash in while I can, I guess. Yes. Well, I mean, it's, you've got to go all in. And the running back position is, is one that, that people build redraft leagues on for a reason. So, I mean, having a really strong running back room from a dynasty perspective probably puts you in the best position to be and have those consistent scores week in, week out. Yeah, I, I think so. And I've tried to make sure I've got some sort of draft capital because I'm, yeah, I think you just got to be aware of the, the short shelf life that these running backs do have, even the elite ones. And look, Eckler's coming off a big season. I'm not expecting him to sort of do what he did last year. Um, but yeah, I just think, just, just being pretty aware that um, in two years' time, they look good now, but. Um, I might be pretty light in that room in two years' time. So, see how we go. You will. Now, we'll move on to the uh, – if you want to jump in at any point, Thais or, or Stefan, ask a question to the great man, this is well, his chance. Well, I wrapped up my review in the 10, 15-minute mark, mate, so the floor you, is yours. You should ask Steph because Steph, when he was on, <laughs> said it's he's going to have a tasty pick having my first round of next year. So, he obviously thinks I won't be doing a whole lot in this league this year, which is an interesting yeah, take. I can't, I can't see it. Can't see it. <laughs> can't see it happening. Or you just Any, can't anything see specific? It. Oh, I'm just looking at your playoff record. <laughs> <laughs> Very insightful as always. <laughs> having well, I won week one last year. No, you didn't. Who yeah, did I, did. I didn't have. I didn't, no one. I got the buy. <laughs> Look how defensive you're getting. <laughs> hey Steph, is there any danger that you could show interest in the podcast that you're hosting? Oh, I'm just I am showing interest. You look like you're falling asleep on that bed there in the bunk room. <laughs> Showers your you, hands. You haven't said anything the last fucking twenty minutes. I'm not hosting, I'm a guest. Yeah. It's right probably- <laughs> enough enough for you. Wide receivers. Key dog. Uh Diggsy. Uh, Devontae Adams, Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks, Chris Godwin, Isaiah McKenzie, Bourne, Julian, Rager, Bateman, Dale. You bat very, very, very deep with the uh, the wide receiver room. Fairly decent sort of starting, uh, starting wide receiver and a lot of flexibility, but that, fuck me, that's a lot of wide receivers on the roster. It is a lot. It is a lot, yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to add. I was happy to get Dixie, that's for sure. Looking forward to your first round pick, Christopher. <laughs> what did you have for dinner, DFF? Give us a look. <laughs> Another visual gag. Fantastic. Let's get back to the wide receivers. And uh, yeah, was that, was that a plan sort of heading in that you wanted to bat deep? Or was that just sort of how it played out with trades and draft picks and best available and whatever else? Uh, yeah, I. It's it's an interesting one. Sometimes I see the young wide receivers hold a lot of value where you can get a lot back and make your team a lot deeper. Now, I did say I would regret the AJ Brown one, but he was an example of a young receiver that um, whilst 
he has all this potential and he's probably a top five dynasty receiver. He hadn't really done that yet. He, he sort of, he'd had a one top 12 finish, I think, and one, he's been injured a couple of years, but um, to, to sell off at that point in time when they actually haven't done anything, they've just got a lot of potential was something that I try and look to do most years. Um, and I'm not afraid just to, to move on from, from guys that I really like. I really like AJ Brown, but um, it allowed me to do other things within the team. So, um, yeah, it's just sort of how it's evolved, I guess, with um, with batting pretty deep. I've, I got lucky with the – there's no doubt I got lucky with the Hollywood Brown opening up Rashad Bateman as well, sort of like a two-for-one mm. um, on the draft day, which, which worked in my favour. Um, but uh, – yeah, I think I think I'm pretty deep in that area. Devontae Adams obviously will be an interesting watch this year um, at Las Vegas as well. So um, I've got a few interesting players that aren't sort of locked into wide receiver one status just yet, but um, we'll see how we go. Question for you, mate. Uh, did my decision in moving on from CD Lamb have any influence on you moving on from AJ Brown in the following weeks? Um, no, nah, it, it, it didn't, it sort of, all it did was probably enhance the story I could sell to Camo, And that was having CD lamb and AJ Brown together for the next 10 years. Um, which is, which is a fair, fair asset to have for, in fairness for him. Um, I was looking, I wasn't actively looking to move on from him, but at the right price, I was, wasn't shy in, in getting rid of him. So, um, yeah, I sort no of players I, untouchables, isn't that right, there? I actually, I, I sort of haven't been, a, I haven't been shy in getting older in the wide receiver room. Put it that way, because I think older wide receivers can be really productive, and you don't have to pay that much to get them. That's sort of my my overarching thought on the position. Mm. Is there any chance you can stop bringing it back to the prestige worldwide <laughs> way you can? But I will. Let's talk about our final matchup. <laughs> uh, I think it's fitting that Steph's been uh, having a background of bricks for the whole thing because it's often he. We often think of him as thick as a brick, but I will say, is he getting under your skin at all, Keeney? I feel like he's adding pressure every every week in this league because. If you do not make the playoffs for some unknown reason with the list that you have, he will make this the the picture of the league for many years to come, regardless of who wins it. So are you feeling any pressure with him just throwing this shade out there? Uh, it's, his, it's his number one play out of the playbook, mate. It's uh, I, I don't feel any pressure from the DFF. I think our division got worse. Than last year, I think I'm a stronger favourite to win our division than I was last year. So uh, I'm not too concerned, to be honest. Well, Thias, <laughs> yeah, mate. How many firsts do you have next year? I lost count. Six, Six. Six. seven, Six. seven, seven. I'll Six. give you. I'll do a live trade with you on air. Keeney's first for all seven of your firsts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, well, you don't have to answer that, uh, face, but it does, before I get to the greatest uh, position in all of world sports, there's a little bit of arrogance coming through uh, in your statement there, Christopher, and it does bring up what I thought was a myth, but something that was sent through to me prior to the pod today. 
And I wanted to ask, well, a, a listener, another can listener would like to ask, is there any truth to the rumour that you have so arrogantly and confident of victory that you've already ordered your ring and already has a spreadsheet set up so you can see his bench would also win the ring? That's, that's definitely come from Scooter. There's no, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. I'd just like to confirm if that is real or not real, please. No, definitely not. I mean... If nothing else, the DFF keeps you humble with his opinion. So you've got to uh, you've got to respect what he's saying. I could be a I could be a top six lottery pick according to the DFF. So um, I'm happy to have a bet on that, of course, uh, DFF. But you wouldn't because you're all talk down at the factory, aren't you? <laughs> I'm getting under his skin, hard, aren't you? Come on. <laughs> well, you know you know what else they say about opinions. They're like arseholes. Everyone's got one. So take that with a grain of salt, DFF. Thank you, Thais. Well, opinion. You let them know. <laughs> Can I just also, as a visual gag for the listeners out there, the fact that the DFF is hosting a podcast on his phone, he also doesn't realise that the microphone on the phone works. <laughs> so every time he goes to speak, he holds it up to his fucking lips. <laughs> so we see the inside of his mouth and see what he fucking ate for dinner every single time the guy speaks. It's fascinating. Thanks, Ben. It's 2022, mate. You can just speak from a distance. Chris, I'm talking you... to his ear right now. That's <laughs> Chris, can you please confirm that you have masturbated to your dynasty roster in excess of 10 times? <laughs> Over, under. Nah, I, I'm pretty sure it was only eight. But <laughs> 10, 10 seems a bit rich. It's, it's just the number that was sent through. Yeah. Well, Candy, the last time I shook your hand, there was callous formation. Now, last time I checked, you don't lift any iron. So it might not be eight. Could be 80. <laughs> well, put it this way. Put it, put it this way, Hod. I don't have Thais's issues before 9 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Every four o'clock when red zone starts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's almost it's almost that time. <laughs> you start to run down. Right, let's finish up here. We've got the uh, the tight end room, which is not too many, but you do have one of the uh, the great hopes of the NFL in the great Kyle Pitts with Logan Thomas and Albert O. I'm not going to try and pronounce the uh, the last name, but you don't have uh, too many. You do have uh, one on the taxi squad being old mate Charlie Collar, but um, three deep at tight end. How are we feeling about it? Uh, very good, thanks. Uh, love me some Kyle Pitts this year. So, and uh, no, I think he's a, a pretty nice asset. Him and sort of Jamar, it'll be an interesting watch throughout their uh, fantasy lives, I think, those two. But... Uh, Obviously, Jamar's one Thais a ring, and that's all that fucking matters. So, uh, now nah, happy with the tight end room with uh, Pitsy, and uh, hopefully stays healthy. Hopefully, catches more than one touchdown. Yeah, I mean that's probably the uh, the only thing that didn't. Make, I mean, last year was sort of one of the all time great rookie seasons, but from a touchdown perspective, if he had able to rustle in five six uh, TDs which sort of almost would have expected given the exposure that he had and sort of the target share that he had in that offense once he was up and running. 
um, that obviously they had they sucked on offense last year and, and sort of in year one were able to sort of uh, scheme against him with Calvin Ridley being out for most of the season, Matt Ryan being relatively dog shit uh, and having no real presence in the backfield to be worried about. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if you could say that this year is going to be any better. That's probably the one question mark with Pitts this year uh, is, yeah, the Mariota, even Desmond Ritter sort of set up going on down there. Um, Drake London comes in. Calvin Ridley will be back next year. So that may help him. I don't know. But um, it's certainly not a uh, strong offense, that's for sure. Uh, it's a quick one on your tight end roommate. I think um, Albert O is a bit of a darling in the offseason. And then when training camp started, he was kind of in the doghouse a little bit, almost playing a lot of snaps in week one and week two. And um, the other bloke, Greg Dolchich or whatever his name is, starting to come through and looks like he might have caught a break with an injury. So um, big watch on Alberto now that kind of the four is his. And then uh, the other note I had on your tight ends was Isaiah likely for Baltimore. Timmy's obviously got him and he's doing really well. But going into the draft, I was really high on... um, Charlie Kohler, and they both ended up there behind Mark Andrews. So it's probably a bit of a um, on reflection. Yeah, did you have any thoughts on taking Isaiah Likely, or did you have any thoughts on maybe moving off of Albert O while his value is really high? Um, yeah, I reckon a couple of people asked me about, about Albert O. Jake, I think you were one of them. He's, he's, he's a classic player, I think, that you can move off him for fair value, but he's the type of player that why, why would you? Because if he explodes, then um, you've just let, lost out. And if he doesn't, well, it hasn't cost you that much, I don't reckon. So um, he's a, yeah, I, I think he could have a have a pretty nice year. You're right with Dulcich being on IR now. That's pretty lucky. Um, so he's got, he's got a chance for the first four or, four, four or five weeks. Um, and Kohler, the Kohler one was probably, yeah, I was the same. I thought he'd go in the rookie draft. Um, so he was sort of a target on waivers when he didn't, but then sort of a few days after you heard everything about likely and how, how much they love him. And I sort of thought oh, I've taken the wrong one there, but um, that happens. Yeah. I mean, Al- Albert, I certainly did inquire and probably falls into the line when I was talking about Russell Wilson before from a redraft perspective, but I, I'll be buying a lot of shares of, of Russell Wilson this year. And I think inevitably that means his weapons will eat at some point. Um, he's never sort of he loves throwing that long ball, but he has had great connections like Greg Olson and guys in the past. So does doesn't mind using uh, the old tight end. Does Russ? We interrupt this program for an important news announcement. Oh my god! Sorry, I'll just jump in. Uh, breaking news as we good thing with this pod went for almost two hours because uh, Russell Wilson has just signed a five year, two hundred and forty five million dollar contract extension. With 165 mil guaranteed, Kenny. So, looks like well, he wait. will want to be doing a bit more than just be a so-so quarterback in Denver. So that's so that's seven years in total in Denver. Gee whiz, not that's bad. a big commitment. Not bad. Hey, hey, uh, Steph. Yo. Do you know how I got Kyle Pitts? <laughs> not. First round draft pick, mate. You should try <laughs> trading for one. No, I'm all good, mate. I'm all, all right, good. Cool. Cole Komet for a first rounder? No, nah, I'm all good, mate. I'm yeah. all good. Yeah. Good luck this year, Chris. You're going to need it, mate. <laughs> well, in terms of your luck, how do you think your luck will go? Obviously, you're relatively confident going into the season. Is it is it ring or bust this year? Is it simple as that? Oh, I might be. Um, 
I think I've got the next two years. I think I'll be okay. Um, not sure after that, but I think um, I'm sort of a similar boat to Ben. I think we we want to win one in the next two years because um, otherwise, you know, that I think Matt's still a massive wild card, um, whether he uses them or not this year, or even um, if he goes to the draft, he's going to have. And it looks like a pretty loaded draft class. He's going to have some. Talk about my team being deep. Matt's team is going to be ridiculous um, in in two years' time. So the window could potentially be open for the next two years before you know there's another team that sort of takes over. So um, that's sort of how I'm viewing it, and I'm not afraid to go sort of chips in the next two years. That's for sure. Well, Manny is uh, going to start trying by then, so maybe he might be in consideration. <laughs> Yeah, it's a yeah. I don't think I'll finish behind Manny for at least eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down, Manny. I was gonna say, take that bet, Manny. <laughs> uh, dark horse on the season. I think you might have half given one before, but dark horse. Yeah, I'd I'd reluctantly say Timos. Uh, other mm-hmm. than I'm sort of with uh, whether it's Kamal or Jake. I think there's sort of at the minute. And Matt's a big TBC. I don't think Matt's in it at the minute, but I think he could be if he wanted to be. Um, but I think it's it's probably Jake, Ben, Camo, and myself at the moment. Um, and then probably Timos is, Timos is my dark horse, given he's got firepower. Um, it's just if they stay healthy. And how confident are you on the uh, under-over on the DFF's win total this season? Uh, extremely. Um, so- since... Actually, you know what, since we've – let me just quickly get his team up. Since we made that uh, under over seven and a half was eight. bet, yep. well, I'll, I'll take you through a few things. Oh. Zach Wilson did his knee. Sam Darnold is now not the starter and got carted off. Jimmy Garoppolo stayed with San Francisco. Brees Hall is apparently not the starter anymore. Um, Cam, Cam Akers might be in a bit of a timeshare. What's – um? Cole Beasley is still not vaccinated, still doesn't have a team. Um, Tim Patrick did his knees on IR. So, look, I think the seven and a half is an absolute lock on the under. Um, I just can't see it. Jim will win week one, and that's another bottle you owe, you'll owe him as well. What, what you um, very, very confident that, what, DFF. What do you think? What, what happened the last time me and Chris had a bet? <laughs> he started out Owen oh, Car- Carson hey. Wentz went into Green Bay and got the W, remember? What, Owen too? I do. Hey, DFF, am I getting under your skin, mate? No. Hey, do you want to go again? We'll double it. He's He's currently pacing the room. (laughs) Hey, Steph, if you you had a choice, Steph, would you double it or not? We'll go again. Tonic, what do you got to say? Yeah. I'm getting dizzy of you doing laps. You're not at the men's gallery anymore, mate. He, mate, he strides when he's nervous. He does. You're making us dizzy. He's heard his team burning down. All these five QB starters, none of them are starting, mate. Oh, and the God. team clearly doesn't rate Trey Lance. They're keeping Jimmy G. You said it yourself. Make it Pino Noir. Thanks, Christopher. Love a nice henchkey. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realise we were wrapping up, Kenny. You normally go on your tirade at the end of the show. <laughs> I think we have to wrap up. This is the fucking longest nah, episode well, we've done. It's been a it's been an interesting show, so no tirades needed. I was um, gonna say speaking of wrapping up, 
Um, that was a very comprehensive review of your team, Christopher. So thank, thank you. Thank, and thank you, Jake. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Looking forward thank to the first rounder. We can't, we can't wrap this up just yet because the, there's other news. Cole Beasley is actually vaccinated from the Dynasty Football Factory. That's <laughs> the first thing. But the second thing is this, this draft position has got me alarmed because I think we could have a live on-air bet here. I have got the DFFs, which Keeney doesn't rate, obviously, and that could be a high pick. The so Steph has Keeney's pick being very high. Can we have a bet on who has the better draft pick here, Steph? Am I going to be picking higher or is who owns Keeney's? Me. Or are you going to be picking higher? Here we go. Do you want to bet on this? I'll be picking higher. No. Hotic, please. <laughs> Come on, put a Henschke or a large caramel on it. I don't mind. I'll give you a large caramel Henschke any day. Oh, Get it on the app. So is that, All right, gents. Is that, is that confirmed a bet, Steph? Sorry? Was that Chris? a confirmed bet, was it? No, we'll, we'll chat tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to straighten us up here. Thank you again for your review. Now, I will throw back to you as the commissioner, mate. Do you have any final updates for the league? Heading into week one next Friday, just in terms of you know, prize money, taxi squad, things of the sort. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, next Friday. Fucking how good's that? Um, taxi squad. I'll get I'll get in touch with everyone individually about uh, which players are eligible for their taxi squad. It just needs to be locked in before that first game of the season. Um, before then, you can move players in and out of the taxi squad, no problem. Um, prize money is going to be the same. Thais. I actually need to mention this to you. You get to pick the two bonus weeks this year. So have a look at when you're probably strongest and you can maybe select those rounds. But um, get that into me before next Friday as well. And We will to have everyone... another pod between here, so you don't yeah, have to we will. fly through this. And to everyone else, um, we'll, we'll do an eliminator pool in some fashion again. So we'll keep the we'll keep a little uh, side bet stuff going on and keep the league interesting. So that's probably the main updates. But uh, one more question for me: Are the power rankings back next week? <laughs> Good call. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I think, let's do why it. Why not? Why not? Yeah, cool. I'll, I'll be having I'll be having the grouse at the bottom. <laughs> where, will, <laughs> where will the DFF be in the power <laughs> ratings? You did you put yourself away. last a lot last year. Over I remember under that. seven and a half. Over. How come, you, how come you put yourself last in the power rankings all the time last year? No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Riveting stuff. Yeah, here. I'll bet you. I'll bet you a bottle of uh, Penfold Saint Henri that you're under seven. I've already got a bet, Jake. <laughs> but if you're confident, wouldn't you just take it? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Silence. Absolutely. <laughs> crickets. Hey, Steph, the music's right. been playing, or Matty, I don't know who's the host anymore, but are you guys going to wrap this shit up? I'm yeah, Steph, I'm going to wrap this up. Before I do, thank you everyone for jumping on the pod tonight. It is 10.57pm, so bedtime for most of us. Um, and yeah, nice to have the host be the guest for a change, and nice for the guest to be the host. So Steph and Jake, thanks for jumping on. DFF, you want to give us a sign-off, mate? Podcast over and out. That was that shit ass. Fucking have we awful. Got, have we got a mail? Oh, let's thought? try again. DFF. Do flowers blossom in spring? <laughs> Always and forever, Thais. The real commish over and out. Look at what happens when I go off script. <laughs>